0: Before she became fire, she was water, quenching the thirst of every dying creature. She gave and she gave, until she turned from sea to desert. But instead of dying of the heat, the sadness, the heartache, she took all of her pain and from her own ashes became fire. Nikita Gill Welcome y bienvenidos to About Consent, the podcast that sparks conversations about creating consent culture, boundary repair, sexual empowerment, orgasm equality, and raising a new sexually conscious and consent-empowered generation. This is a safe, shame-free, judgment-free zone where both survivors and those who support survivors are welcome. I'm your host, Rosalia Rivera. This week's listener podcast review comes from Laura de Laura says, every parent needs to listen, gives many great tips, and educates on many consent topics. It's time to change the taboo on sex education and consent teaching. Well, Laura, I couldn't agree with you more. It is definitely time to change this idea of sex education and consent being taboo topics. This is a conversation that needs to happen in every home, in every school, in every community, and in all cultures. So, thank you for posting your five star rating and review on iTunes. I appreciate it more than you know. It is helping the podcast reach a wider audience, so keep the reviews coming in, friends. I am so thrilled when I read them to know that this content is resonating with you, that it's making a difference, and it's helping you create consent culture in your world. So let's dive into the episode and get started. In this week's episode, I'm talking about parenting with PTSD. If you've never heard of PTSD, it stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. I'll be referring to this and CPSD, which is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. I'm talking about what it means, how it changes our parenting, and what we can do to have better communication with our kids. The reason I decided to talk about this this week is because I've been reading a book by Don Dowen and Joel Branch, who wrote a book called Parenting with PTSD, The Impact of Childhood Abuse on Parenting. The reason I decided to read that book is because I work with parents all the time to help them navigate all the types of education that will help them prevent abuse for their kids, like body safety, boundaries, and consent through my platform called Consent Parenting. I also teach them about grooming. And for those of you who don't know what grooming is, it's the process by which predators work to break down the boundaries of children and their families to more easily gain access to be able to abuse them. Grooming is something that can happen both online and offline, by the way. But to refocus on parenting with PTSD, the experience becomes very unique because it can feel like you're walking through a landmine of emotions that make day-to-day life difficult. I believe parenting in general can do this. It can bring up a lot whether you are a child abuse survivor or not. I think everyone has their own parenting issues because of the way that they were raised, and everyone has their own kind of baggage. But what makes parenting with PTSD and complex post-traumatic stress disorder harder is trying to navigate the many triggers that are brought up when we realize that our own children face the possibility of those same traumas happening to them. And the way that we deal and cope with those triggers and emotions will dictate how we parent our children. To be more specific, I mean to say that it will dictate whether we become more overprotective or perhaps more controlling or perhaps paranoid and overbearing. It will dictate how we communicate with our children or how we don't communicate with our children. It will also dictate what we are willing to learn about and protect our children with information or if we will shy away from it because it's just too overwhelming. We then realize that we are afraid to act in any way at all, because it feels like you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. And we're afraid of repeating history. I mean, the thought alone of that is sheer torture. So we become fearful about how appropriate or inappropriate our affection is for our children. I mean, there's times where parents may feel like hugging or kissing them is going to lead to other things because not that they have, of course, any ill intention. I mean, there's just this deep-seated fear that although your intention is never to hurt your child, you may somehow unintentionally do it or somehow unintentionally become your own abuser. These prospects are terrifying And most CSA, which stands for Child Sexual Abuse Survivor, uh, do experience this at some point or another, whether they admit it to people or not. It's a very common feeling or thought that scares them. They don't want to become the person that hurt them. Now, most parents that grew up without the big T's, without big T traumas, have any parenting struggles. You know, I've mentioned that before. I mean, those issues are hard enough. Just everything that parents have to learn, uh, you know, just even having to do with how to feed your kids and, you know, what education they should be getting, at what point in their lives, and, you know, making sure that they're socialized. And I mean, there's a million things that parents are always thinking about. But the layer of CPTSD and PTSD adds such a weight that it feels like it begins to feel oppressive. Some parents deal with this by checking out, and ignoring their emotions, hoping it will all go away, they become numb. A lot of times this leads to substance abuse. Other parents deal with it by obsessing and developing even more severe forms of anxiety, which can then you know, lead to other health issues that are beyond mental and emotional, that are more physical, that have manifested into chronic conditions. I was going down that road about three years ago. And it was at that time when I was getting ready to put my child in summer day camp so that I could work and continue running my marketing business. So I was uh, running an agency at the time. School was over and he was no longer in daycare. So, you know, which daycare was a place that I felt I could trust But he was now too old to be accepted there again. So I had to find somewhere else. And I found a reputable summer science day camp. I was very happy about this. I knew the people that ran it. But I didn't know everyone else that worked there. I didn't know the camp counselors. A lot of them were teens that were volunteering from high schools. And I mean, that wasn't something that I had initially thought about. I had thought about the fact that my child loves science, and so I thought this was a great fit. And they started at 5. He has turned 5, so it was great. It just wasn't a point either where I had even started dealing with my own abuse when I was a child, In fact, I had foggy memories that I had felt were almost like a dream or something in the background, and I just never had the time or the desire to confront any of it. So I enrolled my child in this science summer daycare, day camp, and the day came, you know, the day before when I had to bring him to drop him off for his first day and I remember we were driving somewhere and all of a sudden the anxiety this feeling of anxiety started to rise inside of me. If you're familiar with anxiety, you know what that feels like. I suddenly started feeling like I couldn't trust anyone. And I got this like tightening in my muscles. It's almost like a mama lion getting her body ready to pounce. But my human mind is confused with the fact that there is no one to pounce on. So you start to wonder, who is it that this fight or flight response is for? So then, of course, you just start to feel silly for being so suspicious of everyone. And in that moment of being so self-dismissive, my brain decides to send me some visuals of news articles that I've read about unsuspecting parents learning about the trusted camp counselors and the abuse that's been going on for years or other sensationalized articles about child sexual abuse happening in, you know, institutions that people thought were safe. So those images race through my mind and then my heart starts going again, really fast. You know deep down that people that you least suspect are the ones that can indeed commit the most heinous abuse. And you know this because you're a firsthand witness. And so I did what any survivor parent would do. I panicked. I got anxious and started to feel the adrenaline slowly flood my entire body. And again, my heart started to race. The tense muscles, the lack of oxygen to my lungs. And it was then that I had come to terms with, oh my God, what have I done? Signing up my five-year-old for a day camp. What kind of crazy mother was I? Do I even care about my child? I sat with this panic for the rest of the evening, wonder if I should cancel the whole thing or tell my son, in a state of panic, not to trust anyone. Don't be overly friendly with any counselor. Don't go to the bathroom with anyone. Don't go anywhere alone with anyone. And as I thought about it more, I went from feeling anxiety to a deep sense of paranoia. Just kept going back and forth and back and forth. I wonder if you can relate to this as I'm telling you this story. I was even afraid to express my concerns to my husband because I didn't think he would understand and I thought he would think that I was paranoid. He's not a survivor. He had an idyllic childhood, one that I wish I had had. So I knew he couldn't relate and I just figured I'd keep it to myself, which is what I did. I powered through And I decided to just give my son some basic safety rules because I knew that he was really excited to go and I didn't want to disappoint him. This episode is brought to you by Consent Parenting, my online platform for survivor parents to learn how to keep their kids safe from abuse. Did you know that children of survivors have a five times higher chance of being abused Because survivor parents don't know or learn the tools to prevent abuse, they tend to overprotect instead of empowering and preparing. You can change the statistics by becoming an educated parent. Enroll in my Child Predator Protection Masterclass to learn the three things you can do to protect your kids from predatory online and offline grooming so that your kids are not targeted and you can prevent abuse. This is for parents with kids ages 2 to 18. Use code podcast to get 50% off this class by signing up when you go to aboutconsent.com forward slash protect. Link is in the show notes. Now let's get back to the show. So the next day I realized that after dropping him off, which by the way is a whole other funny story unto itself, but I realized that, you know, I had to prepare him as best as I could in one hour, which by the way is as much attention as I could hope for from a five-year-old, and that was asking for a lot. (laughs) So I gave him as much information as I thought his little brain could retain. But I knew I hadn't done enough. I felt like I had set my child up for failure, and I spent the entire day feeling guilty, thinking about what I could do, what I needed to do what options I had. And that was what sent me on the trajectory of where I am today as a consent educator, because I started to educate myself on the topic of body safety and abuse prevention. I continued to have many triggering moments. I even had moments where I stopped for chunks of time because I needed to process. I needed time to absorb and decide how I could possibly teach my child about sexuality. What I needed to do, the options that I had, were many, but I didn't have support. And that was something that I realized in my journey was part of what I needed. Now, I'm a very determined person, I think by nature, to move through difficulties and challenges and pain. And I was motivated by the fact that I knew I needed to break the cycle. I couldn't allow the same thing that had happened to me, that had happened to my mother, that had happened to my sister, that had happened to my brother, to happen to my children. And so despite the fears and the anxiety and the paralyzing moments, I pushed through And as I started witnessing my children's understanding of their own empowerment, of their rights, this shift happened. And it gave me the biggest hope in the world that I had broken the cycle. And then it made me realize that it's possible for others. It gave me the hope that PTSD is not a final diagnosis that stakes claim on the next generation. It helped me understand that through having faith in one's self, in asking for help and being willing to receive that help, in embracing community, which by the way was really difficult for me, and in looking for the right support, it was possible to find solutions. And so the reason I wanted to make this episode after reading that book after talking to so many parents, working with them, helping them navigate their own PTSD. I wanted to make this episode to remind you that if you are a parent with PTSD or CPTSD, there is a light at the end of the tunnel and it is possible for you to empower your family. No matter where you are in your parenting journey, It is possible. So I want to invite you to ask for help. I know that that can be one of the scariest things to do. But scarier is dealing with the constant anxiety and paranoia and overprotecting and not being able to communicate with your child in a way that deepens your connection. What tends to happen is that parents overprotect and they don't communicate and the lines of communication with their children keep shutting down. Their child starts to resent the fact that their freedom is restricted and that they aren't being told why, they're just being told what and how. And this creates a wedge and resentment and that communication instead of creating more of a connection actually creates more of a separation. And I know that that's not what any parent wants. So I invite you to seek out the support that you need to start reading the books that can help you, the tools that can give you the language, that can give you the guidance that you need to step into this process of empowering your child, to take that mama lion energy that you hold inside that is that power in you to protect your child and utilize it to take those brave steps of empowering your child instead of just overprotecting them. Because you see, in the long run, very similar to what happened to me, with my mother, who's a survivor, who overprotected us and couldn't explain to us why, couldn't talk to us about sexuality, couldn't talk to us about the dangers or about our rights because she didn't even know what those were. She didn't realize that she had those rights. She hadn't learned to implement and uphold her boundaries. So how could she teach us? And so I didn't grow up with any of that and I didn't know that I had those rights and that I could say no and that I could change my mind that consent can be withdrawn at any time. Had I known that, I wouldn't have been abused later when I was 17. So it isn't just about protecting our kids today. It's also about empowering them for the future. And that takes us being brave, and pushing past our fears and through the fears to get to the other side. And as we empower our children, we empower ourselves. So I invite you to be brave, Mama. Be brave and take the steps necessary to empower your child. I'm always here for you if you have any questions. If there's any way that I can help guide you, that's my mission. Please reach out. I want to thank you again for tuning in this week, for being here, for writing in, for sending me your feedback, for asking your questions, for building community. It brings me so much joy and reminds me that this work matters. I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode. Don't miss the next episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And I would be so grateful if you took one minute to post a five-star rating and reviews on iTunes so that others can also find this information. I will be shouting you out and thanking you on the next episode. If you found this useful, be sure to share it with others as well. Let's continue to create consent culture, one conversation at a time. Stay empowered.